Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast. Again, the uh, place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. And we're here today, we're going to do a, our second episode, second installment with our special guest, Elston. Uh, just wanted to put out there that um, I think we have all the social media, right, Jordan? That's been a, you know, that's been a, yeah, a struggle for us. Yeah, we're yeah. getting fancy. We a uh, couple of middle-aged men here trying to, trying to live in a in a younger world, but uh, we're working on it. And you know, hopefully, if you follow us or or uh, go on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, find us Upstart Resilience and uh, Twitter at Upstart Res. We appreciate that. Yeah, we just give a shout out to all of our listeners already. Uh, you know, we've got we've got uh, several listeners from all across the world, actually. Yeah, we do. We uh, sure do. So Sweden. We, I'll point out Sweden. Thank you for listening, up, listening yeah, to us. Yeah, we love you, Sweden. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, we appreciate that. Just share our stuff, guys. We're really trying to bring this message. Um, and, and, man, I can't say enough how powerful uh, Elston's message was in our last episode. And uh, that's honestly why, you know, we, we're like, we're in the middle of it going, this is a two-parter. Uh, well, and the other... More. You know the other thing with that is, and and uh, Jordan, you don't you don't know him well yet, but he just really landed on his feet. It's just it's, it's a wonderful story, and um, you know so we're going to hear that here in just a couple minutes. So Elston is back with us here today, and a, you know just kind of a recap. We heard sort of the the first part of his life story, really powerful. Um, and again, we appreciate you for getting on and sharing your story with us, and you know the. Probably the main reason we're doing this is is to get people talking and to give examples of strength and resilience. And so I'd like you to pick back up with um, really your story of grit because if, I mean, I've met very few people that have landed on their feet the way you have, Elston, and I, I just want you to talk through, you know, once things came out, how'd you, how'd you end up where you are? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like a lot of abuse victims, survivors have chemical dependency issues and I'm one of them. And, um, after I had kids, my drinking escalated to the point where I was getting out of control and I was married and, um, it wasn't good. And I, there was... I mean, one time I tried to kill myself in the garage and start the, start the car and that whole thing. And I, I didn't know how to handle it. 
my wife hated it. She grew up in a, she had a a great childhood as part of the reason I was really attracted to her because she had what I thought, you know, was a kind of a perfect family and childhood and her brothers, like I finally had brothers with, with her siblings. Um, and anyways, there was an intervention. She had an intervention and, um, I went to Hazleton and I hated it. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, you can't imagine why somebody that was drinking yeah. wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. You can't leave, you know, they take away all your stuff and you can't leave. But there's this little bookstore there where you can get snacks and books. And there's a book called Abuse Boys. And this guy named Mick Hunter wrote it. And I bought it and I read it. It really, that was the start of like changing my life. He wrote the book in 91. And I don't think anyone before him really tackled the subject of boy-on-boy, men-on-boy abuse in in detail. Um, And I finished the book, and I looked at the back of the book, and it said that he was located in St. Paul. And so I begged my therapist at Hazleton to, like, get me in with him. And I think he was wasn't taking new clients at the time or something, but they got me in with him. And that was really the start. And for anyone listening, you know, there's a lot of books out now. I think Mick Hunter's book is well worth the read. Mick, Mick was a big help. And, you know, I think with people with chemical dependency issues, like he says it right in the first page of his book, you have to address, you know, any other underlining causes, you know, which for someone like me would be years of sexual abuse. Because if you don't address that and you just try to get someone sober, you know, it usually doesn't work out that well. You know? Right. People relapse. Um, and it, it was it was a long process. But my first meeting with Mick, and I've I, I've had bad therapists. And I've had good therapists, and Mick was a good therapist. And but I was so scared to talk to people and tell anyone what happened. My wife knew, but no one else knew. My I didn't want my parents to know. I didn't want anyone to know. And it was, you know, the day I got to Hazleton, I was just crying and you know trying to tell them I, I was abused. You know, I'm an alcoholic because I'm an alcoholic not because I was abused, but that needed to be addressed. And so my first meeting with Mick, I was very scared. And, you know, I went went to his place and sat down and started talking and kind of went along. And I was like, well, don't you want to know what happened? Like, don't you, why don't you ask me what happened? And he's like, he's like, you can tell me it's okay, but I, I've heard everything. There's nothing new you're going to tell me that's going to surprise me. And it's it's really like how it affects you now that we need to work with. Like, um, I don't know if that makes any sense. But makes it, total, it was, uh, yeah, um, no, it makes total sense. Jordan just gave, just gave me a thumbs up here, Jordan. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, my, my thumbs up was being that that's that's exactly everything you've been saying so far, addressing the trauma under underlying addiction. I mean, all all of that is just spot on. So, and I'd like to throw in here too, Elston. I I um that not wanting to talk. I think that's I think that's the case for all survivors. Um, and I think we're making some headway in that, especially for girls, but. Going back to what you said earlier, the the man on boy, boy on boy, I think that makes it even harder um, for a for a man to go into a therapist's office and you you know you went to see a man and to to share those things. The vulnerability that that takes, I think, you know, one of the things we're trying to do on the podcast is to get after that stigma and and to get after, rid of that after the shame. The get shame rid of the shame, absolutely. Yeah, and I think even like you know woman on girl that yeah all that that as well like no abuse is like you learn this in treatment and i've been to several treatment facilities but like nobody's story is really worse than the others like they're it, it all like it's it it all it's all like how it affects that person and what how it affects their daily life and you know because that you know you could say like well he was only raped once and i was raped you know, 150 times or whatever. It's every everything. It's it's all bad. So right. Um, so you go through these. Uh, you go through the facility. You see Mick. You know, when we met through the the Wetterling connection, I don't see a survivor. I don't see somebody that went through that. I see a very successful guy with great kids. You know, and now ex-wife. Uh, if that's okay for me to say, but, but yeah, which actually, you know, her and I just took the kids out for dinner last night. Yeah. Like we get along great now. Right. And so she's probably proud of me. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and, you know, and, and of course she and I have met and, um, and so how does that happen? Like, how does this, yeah. How do you get to that point? How do you get to that point? I mean, and, and, you know, you work for, you know, you work for yourself and for, you know, you've had some pretty rub shoulders with some very successful people. And, uh, you know, talk through that with us. Um, one of the things that Mick kind of taught me, and I don't think, I think this is his logic. I don't think it's really taught anywhere else. And, it, um, Jordan, maybe, maybe it is, you could jump in, but, um, that people essentially, they go the process for most therapists that I've found is they want to take, you know, an abusive victim and turn them into a, what's called a survivor, obviously. So, so that you're not, you don't label yourself a victim anymore. You label yourself as a survivor. Mick's theory is that there's another step after that. And that third step is that it's just something that's part of your historical past meaning that you turn it into something that's the equivalent to like, well, I broke my arm falling off my bike when I was seven and that happened and it was painful and I went through that and that's just something that happened to me. And so like, I'm not saying that I'm cured, but I think it's a process and it takes, you know, I'm probably somewhere in between survivor and, you know, a person that it's just, a memory of part of their past and it doesn't affect you. 
because I there's still moments I get triggered. Um, there's still situations I won't put myself in. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I yeah. guess that's my best answer. Yeah, I'm sitting over here as you're talking, also just just nodding uh, in affirmations. I'm like, you know. Obviously, the, the therapist you work with, he got it uh, with that aspect of going past the survivor, which I think is huge as well. And also, I love the fact that you're pointing out right now, because I think it's super important for our listeners, because I, I, I encounter this a lot in, in session where I think people's expectation is that once you've healed, quote unquote, that you're never going to struggle with any of the any of the lingering effects at all, which is not, it's just simply not true. You know, there, there's always going to, there, there's going to be some things that will be triggering. I don't know that it's the right way of looking at it to think that it's just all going to be gone. Right. Well, and it's one of those things, too, that if we if we are actually doing our work, which we talk about a lot, if we're doing our work, we're going to be making improvement. We're going to be doing yeah. things that are growth-oriented. And, uh, you know, I look at, for Elston and I, you know, we've had many conversations uh, over the years where this happened and I – you know, I had this physical response and we go back to this. I mean, like, I, I think it's our second episode. We're talking about dysregulation and things like that. And and if we're doing our work, those things do get, they get better, right. you know. And we, we end up being folks who just had a broken arm, you know. And, and that's really, I think, that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. I think that's where, where we're moving toward, Elston and I anyway, are, you know, we, we bounce things off each other a lot, and it's um, it's one of those things that it's slow and steady progress, I would say. Yeah, and I think some of it is some of that historical past type of mentality, some of that's okay, because, like, if I, this happened to me, when, but I didn't break my arm, but I had, I had a kind of a dirt bike thing, and I set up a jump, and I, when I was probably seven or eight years old, and I did the jump and I fell and I cut my knee really bad. And it's like, as an adult, I'm not going to do that again, you know, because <laughs> right, I know, right. like, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, you know, you know, I, I think it depends on your family and who you're with and how much they accept certain things. And um, some people have it harder, much harder than I do because my ex wife is pretty accepting of like certain things. Like, my son will have overnight boy scout camp thing or something and it's like i don't like sleeping in a room with another man in it and she knows that and so and when i talk to mick about this you know i'll say like i can't do that because i don't sleep in other rooms with in rooms with other men and mick is like no you don't say you can't you say you don't want to you know, because right. you can, but you just don't want to. So, like, that that's your choice not to do that. And that gives you some control. Because if you're saying you can't is, like, you're giving that power back to your abuser. Yes. You know? Yes, that's totally so true. There's, yeah, there's little, little things. It's a daily, it can be a daily thing. You know, there's, I don't know. Little stories like that, I could tell you on and on. Yeah, and I think I think you're really touching on things that people listening to the podcast can relate to. I know that for a fact, you know. And I think about one of the things one of my therapists <laughs> taught me was um, 
what we're trying to get to is that was then, this is now, you know, and so that those, those things that happened to us don't define our activities and choices today. And I think what you just said hits the nail on the head for that. It's a choice not to sleep in a room with other men and that's okay. You know, that's where you're at. You know, we have that, we take back that power, as you said, I think that's, that's really really the case. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the things I went to the meadows in Arizona for a week long cleansing, whatever they call it. And it, which I highly recommend. Excellent program. Um, One of the things like they tell you to do there is to keep a photo of, of your younger self, like in your room. And that as an adult, you're kind of protecting, you know, you're speaking to your younger self, that you have control. You're not a little kid anymore. And you have the ability to say no and not do certain things you don't want to. No, um, is, a, no is a complete sentence, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> But I think, you know, I, I, I've listened to other podcasts that you did and I don't, I never do this. And I, but I think like what you're doing is great. And it's really like, I think that community of, you know, people that were abused as children, it almost, it helps me to look at it as like a, a we kind of treatment therapy. And you feel so isolated and, you know, when you didn't, when you're at the point where you didn't want to tell anyone, you think like no one else could understand you. It's it's similar to like alcoholism or something where, you know, the first word of the steps is, is we and to have, and I guess that's the reason I'm talking to you if I'm making any sense, but to have that like knowledge and feeling that you're not alone in this is, yeah. is very helpful in, in the whole therapeutic process. And that's, you know, that's why I reached out to Jared. I mean, my my ex-wife was friends with um, the girl that was babysitting Jacob at the time. And, you know, obviously following the case since it happened. and um, But when the Heinrich stuff came on the news, I saw an interview with Jared. You know, the, he gave a bunch. And, and, like, there were certain things that he said in the interview that I don't think like quote unquote normal people would have caught on to. Right. And there were like key, key little key words like control and stuff like that. And I just, I saw that and I was like, you know what? We both grew up in small towns and we're on the same age. And I bet you anything, there's like not a ton of therapists in St. Joe or Painesville that specialize in this. And so I reached out and I, um, I just said, Hey, look, there's this guy, Mick Hunter in St. Paul, and he wrote this book called abuse boys. And I think it's a really good resource for the Heinrich victims. You know, it's a bit of a drive, but Mick's really good at this. And I think people could benefit from it. And, uh, that's how kind of I met you, Chris. Right. Everyone just start talking about it. Yep. Like, what can we do to help people? Like, what are what are the resources? Exactly. Not to plug my own book. I'm not because it's not even published yet. But I do want to share with you part of what you inspired me to do was to write my book and share about the, that story of those, those Painesville victims, the Heinrich victims, which, you know, we're going to come back to that on the, on the podcast in future episodes, too. 
but that I think yeah. it's really important to bring attention and resources, and, and that's kind of what we're trying to do um, on the podcast as well. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna wrap up here, but one thing I wanted to thank you for, Elston, was your saying um, and pointing out that we um, we really appreciate that. That's that's one of the things we're trying to do here. Is you know, folks, you are not alone. Um, it, it's we're, just we're actually trying to develop the we. We're right trying here. to yeah. we're trying to bring in the we. Yeah, that's really what we're trying to do. And one of the things we like to say on the podcast is that you know, if you're not ready to talk, at least maybe listen. So we really appreciate you coming yeah, on. Absolutely. Powerful message. Just thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I hope um, I hope uh, it wasn't too confusing. It's hard. It's really hard to verbalize. It's hard to, like, put into words, even though I've talked to you guys, uh, you know, other people about this before. It's still hard to, like, talk about what feelings you get from all of the abuse. Like, I mean, I could go on and on about certain situations and whatnot. And, but I think, you know, like you said, it's really the point of this is like to let people know they're, they're not alone. And, um, you know, there's, when I, when, when I was at my darkest stage, my friend called me and he's like, no matter where you're at right now, just remember, remember that it will get better it will definitely you'll you'll be better someday and you have you might have to go through some things but you know there's light at the end of the tunnel and you can have you can be happy you know you don't have to let it own you well and so you know one of the things i've heard is that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train you know and and yeah, exactly uh, you know i think what'll happen here elston is we're going to get feedback from listeners thanking you. I know that'll Absolutely. happen. And um, so, again, we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And, um, you know, if you have feedback for us, if you want to hear a certain topic, let us know. We, um, you know, email, social media, Twitter. Again, we thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good week. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.